everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, founder of Wengard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. Again, if you've been impacted by these messages and you'd like to partner with us, please text the word GIVE to 844-333-7227. Also, if you want to sow financial seed into our organization called Flights for Hope, please go to flightsforhope.org. I've talked a lot about God's promises and how we are to live in a daily pursuit of Him in order to see them manifest. Today, I want to talk about something that I heard Dutch Sheets say the other day in his Give Him 15 broadcast. By the way, a little plug, get on the Give Him 15 app, download it, watch, listen to, be a part of interceding for our country. Uh, It's been amazing, and so just get on there with Dutch. Now, he said the promises of God are not automatic. And at first, I wanted to fight that idea in my heart. I began asking the Lord, and he reminded me of something that he had shown me a few years ago. So I want to dig into this statement today. So I've titled this message, Not Automatic. And I think it's going to be, there's going to be a couple messages I'm going to have here because I can't cover it all today. So this is the first of, of several. Now, What an amazing time to be alive and to be witnessing the events that were foretold by prophets thousands of years ago. I've I've been asking the Lord what it is that he wants me to encourage people toward during these times. I felt like the task that he's given me is to help others turn their focus onto God's specific word to each of them and not get lost in other people's expectations of them. I was reading in Hebrews 11.15 where it says, And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Now, at first glance, I had initially missed a principal revelation. Abraham and Sarah had been faithful, even if it took a while, to take the steps and to do what God had called them to do. Now, they might still have had opportunity to go against and to disobey God's call presented to them if they had been mindful of other things, and in this case, if they were mindful of the country that they came from. Now, remember, God would not have been presenting them opportunity for them to go against his will and his word, or else he would be unjust. So, where could that opportunity be coming from? Dare I say that It could be coming from their own minds, their own focus. What about the enemy of our souls? Does he have the ability to place opportunity in our path to try to persuade us to go in another direction? Do we have the ability to think things into existence? What about the verse in Proverbs 23, verse 7 that says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Or the verse in Proverbs 4.23 that says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. There have been many books written about the power of positive thinking, and many Christians have dismissed them as kind of New Age mysticism. But if there was absolutely nothing to the concept, then people would eventually move on to a different topic. So my question is, what are they drawing on? What are they talking about? This is why other religions still have some kind of draw for people to engage in them. And I'm not saying that they are a valid way to connect to God. There's only one way, and it's through Jesus. 
but they, they can occasionally bump into a kingdom law or principle, which just remains active and powerful, regardless of a person's full understanding. And you've heard people talk about karma. You know, what goes around comes around. What they don't realize is they're accessing the law of sowing and reaping. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. They're not, they're not voicing it the same way, but they're, they're talking about the same law. They've bumped into it. Now, this can be compared to the natural law or the principle of gravity. Regardless of your belief about it, everything on the planet is subject to the law of gravity, or at least initially. But once you discover the additional laws of lift, and thrust, and aerodynamics, you can then put yourself in a position to override the natural law of gravity by applying other natural laws and getting into an airplane. Or in my case, getting into a powered paraglider. I enjoy flying. And so I apply other laws and I override the law of gravity and it allows me to fly, over, fly above the ground. This idea of being mindful of something and seeing opportunity can also be demonstrated by the strange thing that happens when you get something new, like a new car. Suddenly you begin to see that other people all had the same idea and they went out and they decided to buy that exact same thing. And you begin seeing it everywhere you go. In reality, those things were there all along. But when you become mindful of them, they catch your attention and they, they turn your focus to them. You begin to see them where you didn't see them before, but they were there. So whether you're drawing opportunity toward you or simply becoming aware of it by your focus, the results can look pretty much the same. You can take actions contrary to the word or calling that God has specifically for you if you allow yourself to be mindful of anything else. So how long can this go on? I actually believe that many people never even get to the point of realizing what God has called them to. And a small percentage of those people who, who do find out, a small percentage will be able to act without fear to the point that they see God's dream for them realized. Do you understand? God has a dream for you. And, and he's calling you to it. He's drawing you to it. He's put things in you to accomplish that. But it's very interesting to me that the verse that we started out with states that they might have had opportunity to have returned. It's, it's as if God truly isn't sure what would have happened because it was never in his plan for them. So how many of you still find yourself outside of God's plan for you, but you remain confused because opportunity has led you to this point? Now, I'm not saying that opportunity itself is bad or in any way of the devil, just because it's in front of you. God also places wonderful opportunities, opportunities in front of us but he will always confirm them by his word. This could be the written Logos, word of the Bible itself. It can be a rhema word given through a prophetic gift or a song or other seemingly spontaneous connection with other believers. Another way to receive a word is through a direct encounter with God himself through the person of the Holy Spirit. In John 15, 26, it says, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Now, this is, these are the words of Jesus talking to his disciples, so that applies to us as well. Holy Spirit will never lead us away from the Word, Jesus, or his instructions for us. 
Holy Spirit will always point us to him, point us back to him. So let's look again at the word opportunity. I decided to look it up in several different translations of the Bible. Now, I'm not going to mention every one that I found, but just listen to some of the different examples. And it's, it's applicable in so many different situations. So there's two from the, the King James in Matthew 26, 16. This is speaking of Judas betraying Jesus. And it says, from that time he sought opportunity to, be, uh, to betray him. So Judas was looking for opportunity. In Galatians 6.10, where Paul is talking to believers about helping other believers, he says, and, and, as, and we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men. So as you have opportunity, do good. And in Philippians 4.10, in the New King James, where Paul is specifically wishing that other believers would have had more opportunity to bless him, he says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. In Romans 7, 8, it also speaks of sin having the, uh, the ability to take opportunity against us as believers. It says, but sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire, for apart from the law, sin was dead. So, See, sin took the opportunity to produce something evil, to produce death in us. So hopefully you can see by these verses that opportunity itself is neither good nor evil. It is simply an advantage in a specific situation. So just like many things which deal with matters of the heart, opportunity will simply reveal the current condition of a person's heart. It's the same thing that grace does. It reveals what's in there if you have uh, a desire in your heart to go to go out and and sin and do evil and you you see grace and you it reveals something in there well that's showing you that there's an issue it, it's not giving you the the permission it's showing you listen you have to deal with that because there's something in your heart so opportunity reveals what's in your heart as well this is why offense can never be given in all reality, it can only be taken. If a person speaks something offensive to you, but you've chosen to love them unconditionally, you will ignore the opportunity to take offense and remain at peace in your heart. See, if you try to hand me, you give me offense, you say something that I could take offense, and I, I say, well, I'm not taking it, then I, I don't have offense. It can only be taken. And you may not even mean it. You may say something that you didn't try to give me offense and I could still take offense. It's how, it, it, it's how I receive it. So that also reveals the condition of my own heart. Also, if your heart is continually focused on financial gain or some other avenue of personal advancement, then you could be an easy target for the devil to present you with one distraction after another, all in the name of opportunity. Now, I know many born-again friends of mine who've, who have used opportunity or open doors as the primary sign of whether or not God is leading them in a certain direction. They, they will also encourage others to do the same, even though they are not going on a word from the Lord to proceed. Now, I want to mention a verse in, in new, the New Living Translation. It's, uh, I was reading through that and a situation that shows us 
where you know our friends can lead us astray if they or us if we are not listening to a word from the lord this is when david is running from saul um, saul's hunting him down and trying to kill him remember david had a word from god and he'd even been anointed by the prophet samuel to be the next king david and his men are hiding back in a cave and saul comes into the cave to to use the restroom actually that's what it says and this is in first samuel 24 uh, in verse 4 it says um, now's your opportunity david's men whispered to him that's that's they said today the lord is telling you i will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish so david he snuck in there he snuck forward and he cut off a piece of the hem of saul's robe <laughs> now as soon as david did this he remembered the word the Lord had given him, and he realized that he had almost disobeyed God by following an opportunity and following the advice of his men. So David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. And he restrained his men. He did not let them kill Saul. So after Saul had left the cave and gone outside, David had an idea. And he yelled at Saul from the entrance to the cave. Now, he changed the opportunity to kill Saul and he turned it into an opportunity to bless Saul and to prove his own innocence toward him. Saul said to David then, you are a better man than I am, for you have repaid me good for evil. He even said, and now I realize that you are surely going to be king, and the kingdom of Israel will flourish under your rule. He actually admitted, I know I'm not the guy. I know this kingdom will be taken from me. I know it will be yours. That's amazing. It's all because David took this opportunity and he changed it because he applied the word that God had given him. Do you see how the condition of David's heart was the only thing determining the outcome of the situation? David had every right to justify taking Saul's life. If he would want to justify it, he could justify it in the natural, and his men would have been all for him. But David had a word from God that was stronger and more powerful in his heart. And that told him that God would accomplish all that he had spoken, and he did not need David to make it happen. This is a lesson for every one of us. So are you willing to rely on your relationship with God as the deciding factor on his specific words to you? Paul even credits God with opening a door of opportunity in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 12. It says, when I came to the city of Troas to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. See, the Lord will open up wonderful doors of opportunity for you. But not every opportunity is a door being opened by the Lord. I'm actually going to say that again. The Lord will open up wonderful doors of opportunity for you. But not every opportunity is a door being opened by the Lord. Check your heart. Are you looking only for personal advancement? Are you, are you seeing a way through that you didn't see before and you want to push forward and you want to accomplish it? Are you trying to use your own, to be your own source of provision by taking every opportunity to earn money, to get ahead? Has the Lord actually given you a word that you should move in that direction? Now, when I think of what motivates me, I have to honestly admit that opportunity alone is exciting to me. Even when I'm not sure if God is leading me, I enjoy the challenge of rising to meet it head on. 
if I'm in an airplane and, and someone opens the door, I'm looking for a parachute because this is a wonderful opportunity to jump out. I understand that's not normal to some people, but I get excited about opportunity. So I do believe that God's grace will continue to work all things for our good, but sometimes our own self-reliance can get us into trouble. Be honest with yourself and with God. Clearly evaluate your own motives in the decisions that you've made and be willing to change how you approach every opportunity from this time forward. Know only the voice of the Good Shepherd and do not follow the voice of anyone else. Even if the opportunity looks wonderful, be willing to wait until you hear a word from the Master, the Lord Jesus Christ. Be willing to make mistakes and allow Him to redirect your GPS to get you back on track with His will. All you really need to do is love Him and receive His love and follow His instructions. See, His instructions are not automatic. His promises to you are not automatic. It requires that you trust Him, it requires that you believe, and that you act according to His word. Not automatic goes a lot deeper here also in, in when we look at how does healing happen, how does blessing happen, how do other things happen that we know are His promises. I'm going to uh, touch on that next time. So uh, make sure you take this to the Lord. Let it sink in. Take it as uh, an encouragement to you to press into the Lord and to hear his heart for you and to follow his word. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Mm-hmm.